for our Canadian lifters. Pure passion, real results, what you put in your body should matter. Pure Vita Labs PVL supplements are clean, tested, and approved. Powering athletes for over 25 years. They also power the KOTL podcast. You could trust PVL. Use code KOTL15 for partnership pricing at PVL.com. All right, six-pack lap of that. We got Arian Messi Kamesi, and uh, we got the random Korean guy or dude. Which one is it? The random Korean dude. Random Korean dude, Keenan Lee. You know, listen, do you know the Fighter and the Kid podcast? Uh, I've heard about it. I haven't listened to it. Okay, so Brian Callen and mm-hmm. Brennan Schaub are like famous. They're on Joe Rogan. They're in Joe Rogan's circle all the time. They're on Joe Rogan's podcast all the time. Um, so they're like, they're famous. On the fighter and the kid, they were talking about you. They brought, yeah, I shit you not. Shit you not, Playboy. They brought up um, your most recent performance in South Korea against Russ. They didn't mention Russ, though. They Mm -hmm. brought you up. They talked about your lifts. I think they might have even showed highlights, but they talked about, yeah, I think they showed highlights. um, And we're talking about you, man. On the fighter and the kid. I'm, uh, I'll have to check that out. It's going to fuel the narcissist in me. So, dude, you're blowing uh, up lately, man. What the yeah, hell? I, I mean, it's like in real life, I haven't felt it at all because I'm in Korea. So, there's like, I'm just the big guy walking around on the subways and stuff. But, um, yeah, on the internet, it's kind of been surreal. Um, but I mean, I'm not, I'm my personality wise, like, I'm not the type to kind of enjoy stuff like that but trying to relish in it a bit but yeah it still still feels a bit weird i mean look at you're no longer the random korean dude anymore now everybody knows who the fuck you are that's all that's gone you you were that guy until ashton showed up and then you were on everybody's radar yeah it's i mean the 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 handle came from that youtube video who and he called me a random korean dude i I didn't take any offense from i just thought it was hilarious and all three words are accurate were accurate descriptors of me at the time so i was just I got this is funny. I'll just change my handle to that. And all those YouTube comments were like, it's disrespectful. It's like, no, it's not. It's pretty accurate. Uh, it's, it's a, so that's what Ashton had said when he was recapping. No, no, there's a lifting vault that YouTube channel that they, they, they had like a recap of my performance and it said, a random Korean dude almost makes history. That was the title of the video. And then the one from two weeks ago, the title of the video was random Korean dude makes history. And I, I just thought that was funny. Um, uh, other people are like, show him some respect it's like nah I, I was a rando up until like yeah up until ashen showed up so I, was, I just thought it was funny it's yeah i mean it's all in perspective it, it is like you would be if you just because you came out of nowhere you you hadn't competed since 2019 you showed yeah. up it would be like dude some random guy just freaking took ashton to the last deadlift and almost defeated him like that's crazy <laughs> leading into the amount of people who would have known that you were going to do what you were going to do like it fucking it would just been only people around in south korea that had seen what you've been doing i'm assuming yeah it was it was wasn't even that because i had i don't like i competed like a really just super local uh meet in june of this year but um because i don't really have any competition in korea i only went for like six or seven attempts so i didn't go all out so like no one really had a gauge of what my top level strength was until ashton showed up and uh and that yeah, that's when I was able to go uh, toe-to-toe with him. Um, but I don't think anyone was really expecting that other than myself. 
uh, other people like, yeah, he's probably going to hit 900 plus, but Ashton's probably going to walk away with the win. And I was the only one who kind of thought to myself, like, no, nah, he's going to have to earn it. I was wondering, okay. Uh, I got tons of questions about this because this is intriguing. This is a pretty big story in terms of like a breakout star. You have breakout stars, but the hardcore people usually saw this person coming. Usually, not right. always, but usually there's there's hints of because they have a, a high level coach that's been hyping them. Like I'm telling you, you got to watch this guy, this girl, this whatever. Um, so it's not, but the the gen pop of powerlifting get kind of surprised by it. You're like, well, here we are. They they had that breakthrough performance, but with yourself because you hadn't had any of those big competitions or posted up those big totals. This was truly a breakthrough year for you. Like I haven't seen, like it is crazy. Arian pulled up your 2019 to now you put a hundred kilos on your total um, on points, beat Russ head to head. Damn near took Ashton and in the 110 kilo class, which is stacked with you, Bob and Ashton. You're now number one. And uh, by total, yeah, but by I want to be one by, but I want to be one on everything. So um, Bob still has that, which is okay. Let's have <laughs> we might as well have this discussion too. I got tons of questions about all this, but we'll double back. But first off, yeah, with that though, let's say you all go head to head at Mega Nats. Mm-hmm. First off, is it your intentions to come to the U.S. for Mega Nats and clash with these fellas? At the same time. I mean, I'm going to the Arnold, uh, but I'm not going to be competing against those guys directly. But I'll, I mean, we are going to be competing on the same day. But yeah, my intention is to go to Meganets, be on the same platform as those guys. Um, hopefully, not be the like be able to kind of pull for the win. Uh, I don't, I don't like that I have to deadlift and then watch them deadlift and either hit it or not. Um, but yeah, that's it's it's in the game plan right now to uh do the arnold and then have actually a decently long prep this time not have to do back-to-back meets and then be 10 weeks out from the arnold um actually have like six months to prepare for meganat so um i'm excited to kind of just lay low and get some actual you know work in and yeah go to meganats i'm probably going to be there pretty early to get used to the time difference and stuff um and like i know there's a lot of uh like people acknowledge my performance but they're like yeah it's a local meet you know the there's questions about the officiating and stuff um and i know that that's not going to be an issue for me like i can put on any like my best performance regardless of who the judges are i just need to prove it so that's why i want to go to mega nets and do that now let's say let me throw this scenario at you because it's 110 kilo class none of you guys are even over 105 kilos let alone 110 kilos so the winner of this is going to be decided on on kilos. But mm-hmm. if one of you guys weighs fractionally less and you're pulling for the win, so you're only going to load up what you need to win on total, right? Or are you actually going to be looking at dots being like, no, I need to take the dots as well? Uh, I, that's, that's tough. Um, I mean... Honestly, at this point, yeah, just being the uh, winning the class is my bigger priority. Um, Not necessarily dots. uh, And like for just for formula, um, I'll probably maybe cut a bit going into the meet. But during the meet, like picking uh, going for attempt selections, I'm probably just going to be focusing on the head to head to head in the weight class. 
Uh, and uh, by formula as well, it's probably going to be between me, Bob and Ashton and a few others. So, but as of now, it's not my main priority, um, but we'll see. I mean, nine months until Meganat, so it's a long time and I might get greedy and I might try to go win it on formula as well. It's look at, I, I w it's, it's tough because if you could have the win, but you load up a little more because you weigh a little bit heavy. And I mean, like a kilo body weight can change, like, you know, just enough. Mm -hmm. It's such a dicey proposition. In my opinion, it would be just win. Usually at like, when you see competitions head to head, nobody's looking at body weight. It's just, just win it. And don't worry about dots. But this conversation yeah. about dots is starting to get a bit of a life of its own. I think the reason why is because all you guys are clustered real close to the 100 kilo class, but you're just slightly over. But nobody's mm. filling out 110. And it's unique. Like Bob, one Meganats, one best lifter at 100 kilos. Now he's slightly into 110, but you're at 102 point something. You're kind of, you could easily cut the, that, I mean, in terms of water cut, that's nothing. Jessica mm. Bittner does that a couple of weight classes below, right? Like you could easily right. make a hundred kilos and it won't affect you. So now it's the conversation started to change a little bit and we're talking about formulas and whatnot, but I mean, this is a whole nother debate in terms of what, what really matters to you because formulas can change in like five years. We could be onto another formula. and uh, but something that'll never change is like who lifted more head to head, who won that weight class. That'll never change. Yeah. Um, and so that's why I think weight, winning your weight class is should be the bigger priority. And uh, I I can't speak for Bob and Ashton, but the re only reason why I'm not filling out the 110 is I don't feel like there's a reason to. Um, yet, I feel like I can make progress at my current body weight. I feel, feel healthy at, at this body weight as well. I don't think I'm limiting my strength um, because I'm staying like seven or eight kilos below 110. Uh, and I'm sure Bob and Ashton, if they felt like there was a need to do that, they would do the same. But I mean, it's the, th the three of us are at the top of the weight class and none of us are filling out the weight class. So maybe it's like this chess match of who's going to make the first move. But yeah. I don't feel like I need to do that right now. You imagine somebody shows up and they're like 108 kilo and like, ah, son of a bitch. This <laughs> mass moves mass, right? Like you don't know. Um, I guess you get a bit of an indicator when the Arnold Classic rolls around, but it's tight. You guys are all, it's, it's interesting that you guys are all so clustered, so close. You could, you guys could all make 100. It's like, it's like you guys could all make 100 and you're all agreeing. Well, fuck it. Let's just do 110. Let's just not cut. Let's just all agree. Yeah. Uh, it's again, uh, those two, I don't know why they're doing it for me. It's just, I mean, that's just another variable that I don't want to throw in. Um, I just want to put up the best performance that I'm capable of and going on a water cut um, and having that adversely affect my squat uh, specifically. Um, like I feel like I can bounce back after squats, but it's my squ squats, my best lift. So I don't want to ruin that by trying to, you know, go to a lower weight class. I'm already tall for a 110 as it is. So uh, trying to cut down to 100, it seems like a waste of time for me. Do you feel like you're the number one 110 kilo lifter in the world right now? Uh, I feel like I can be, but I, I at the same time, like I know I have the uh, strength to be, but um, other people have said this as well, and I, I, I'm inclined to agree. I 
have only done local meets this year. Um, so I feel like I need to prove myself on a bigger stage. Uh, at the Arnold, I'll be competing at a different time than Bob and Ashton, but you know, we, you can still, uh, we'll still be able to compare totals and stuff like that. So once I get a few meets like that, um, on my resume and I can actually like prove myself, then I'll be confident to just say, to say, I, I feel like I'm the best, uh, 110 lifter, but right now I just don't have the credentials for it. That's humble. W what do you think about, um, oh, well, first off, are you lifting first in the Arnold classic or are they going? I believe first? so. I think Rondell and I are in the morning session and then, uh, the, the pro series finale is in the evening, but I'm not too sure of the scheduling. I mean, you still get to go against Rondell and it still is the travel. Yeah. That's, that's trees. why that's, that's, that's the thing about formula as well is like, okay, to get the pro card, it's by formula, but, and Rondell's in a higher weight class. So, um, I you're in the, uh, program take that into consideration. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm looking at the schedule right now. Yeah. It says Saturday session one and then, yeah, the pro series final Saturday session two. So yeah, same day, but just, um, different uh event yeah and so oh, the three of us will be competing in well those two will be competing in the pro series finale i'll i'll be in the morning session and we have different priorities like i still want the pro card um and i'm gonna have to go up against rondell to do so those two have their own priorities with the uh with the pro series finale so i don't necessarily think our main goal is going to be who gets the higher total but that's definitely going to be on our minds um and what what i've heard is that I don't know why it's set up like this, but during the pro series finale, you can't chip any records. You have to go up by two and a half. Oh, um, really? Yeah. Whereas I have the freedom to chip anything. So um, there's that. Uh, I don't know how much that will come into play. Um, I'm pretty close to Ashton's deadlift record. So I would be able to chip that as, and I already have the unofficial total record. So I'd be able to chip that as well. So, but then those two would have to actually uh, beat it by two and a half kg jumps. It's, it would be shocking if you can out-total Bob, out-total Ashton, do everything you're doing, and you already know Bob has the highest dots in the USAPL, won the best lifter, and can you imagine doing that and not getting the pro card? <laughs> you're not a pro. That, I know, that's, that, it's, it's that's like, weird, because there is a scenario in which Rondell and I have the two highest, the two highest dots points of anyone who competed that day yet one of us walks away without a pro card. I, it's, it's almost, it's very difficult to wrap your head around. Can they make, is there like wild card positions? Like, can they give it to you somehow? Is there other. Uh, I don't know. I'm not going to try to push for it. It's I, to me, it's just best man wins. Um, and the competition, like if, if other people are like up in arms about it, uh, then I don't know what the USAPL would do. Um, but I mean, right now the, rule the the way that the competition is set is that it's just one pro card i believe so um i'm just gonna have to do better than rondell that day and i'm not gonna really be salty about it just because i have i put up this incredible performance but you know rondell beat me then he should get the pro card and i'll just have to get it the next time it won't really change anything in terms of mega nats right uh no i would still be able to go so um it's just it would affect the pro series for the following year like i wouldn't uh, i wouldn't necessarily be part of it um but that's not my main priority right now my main priority is just you know actually going to these bigger meets and actually you know making a name for myself on a bigger stage um and 
for that, for me, I think Meganets is the number one priority right now. The thing, like, it would be almost awkward if, you know, you beat Rondell, you go to Meganets, if you beat Ashton and Bob straight up, but you're not in the pro series, and you would by then be like, like, what are we talking about? That's crazy. It, it would be, they would have, I, it'd be, that's a tough, that's awkward. That's almost awkward. I, I, I don't know what would end up happening if they would have discussions or how they would maybe think about different ways of getting a pro card out there, like available, not just to hand it to you, but my God, if anybody's qualified, quick question on that though, if you get your pro card, so then that just means you're invited to the pro series. Okay. But you live in South Korea. Yeah. These aren't big checks. Are they flying you out and putting you in a hotel? Because you'll probably still be out money if they don't. Yeah. Um, right now, everything's out of pocket. Uh, so um, depending on how the pro series is set up, I'm consider doing it or like I would still have to agree to do it. It's not a certainty that I will just because uh, I have to do several uh, meets in the States every year. Um, and that's just a lot of money out of pocket for me. So, um, and I don't really have any sponsorships right now. It's just the money that I earn from coaching. So it's, even if I do get my pro card, it's still up in the air, whether or not I'd actually compete in the pro series. Cause it's, that's, that's the tough thing. It's like, um, yeah. it's, it's appreciative to be invited to, to the, to the party, so to speak, but you you might be losing money trying to do this. If you're not getting expenses covered coming from from korea that's going to be extremely like food travel hotel and you don't want to show up just night before if it's south korea the other side of the world you got to climatize the time zone change you got to be like you're talking several nights hotel yeah it's probably like four days minimum before any competition is how much time i'd want to give myself uh even then it's a 11 to 13 hour flight so um depending on where it is I, i mean i've made that trip ever since I was a kid, but I've never felt good afterwards. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I don't even know if my body would want to handle that uh, much international travel year in, year out and then have to, you know, getting off the flight and then in a, in a few days having to like compete. I'm, I'm like, I'm not going to lie. I'm older than a lot of these guys. So I don't even know if my body would be able to handle it. How old are you? I'm 29 right now. Okay. Oh, you're, you're still a young ass man. <laughs> I wouldn't worry too much. Yeah, you're, you're yeah. Right, it's, 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 it's all relative, but I'm just like, a lot of these guys are still in their mid 20s. Uh, so, like, they still got a long time, I think. Um, and I'm not saying that I'm slowing down at uh, right now or that I'll be slowing down um, in any point at any point, but I do feel like my years are limited. So, I'm just going to try to make the do the best with the time that I have. Good way to look at it. Um, so how did you end up doing the going the USAPL route? Because for not only are you a fresh face on the scene, but USAPL Korea is obviously relatively new. USAPL was just a member of the IPF not that long ago. Yeah. If you could take us to like, how did this split happen? And then your decision to go USAPL like this, because this has become initially when you hear united states of america powerlifting south korea first off that's yeah a it's, a, it's a ridiculous mouthful. name yeah it's yeah, it's, it's... <laughs> doggy, doggy it's a mouthful it's crazy but but it's working 
It's got, I mean, there's, there's some big competent uh, performances and God, have you really helped? Yeah. So I feel like hopefully that I played some role in making the international expansion a bit more of a priority or a bit more successful because um, the guy who runs USAPL Korea, like I know him personally and he, he taught, he told me like at, at the, at the beginning, like Korea was essentially treated as like another state. Um, and now Korea is planning on having its own uh, national level competition next. Uh, well, I guess it'd be this year now. Um, so hopefully like, because I com- uh, competed in USAPL Korea. Now U- uh, USA Powerlifting understands that their international affiliates um, also have some really strong lifters. So uh, hopefully they're trying to prioritize that. They're trying to uh, market that. Um, but for me personally, the decision to compete in uh, USAPL, like obviously I did it three years ago uh, at Raw Nationals as, as well. Um, I Like when I first started powerlifting, in 20 i want to say the beginning of 2018 um like i didn't really know the differences between federations and stuff um and then i heard that uh usapl they do drug testing so i was like all right i want to do that um i was still living in korea at the time i moved to la for a year um with basically no plan i was working as a waiter at the time uh just found any job that i could uh did a local meet qualified for nationals and then did nationals. And then I moved back to Korea with the intention of, you know, going back and forth and just uh, between country to country and just competing in nationals and then COVID hit. So mm. that's, that's part of the reason why I had this three year hiatus. Um, but also in 2020, uh, around late 2020, I tore my adductor. Uh, so that came, kept me out of the game for a while as well. Uh, so it took me like, I want to say eight months to completely recover from that injury. And then by the time I was recovered, by the time I wanted to compete again, um, USAPL and IPF, they were, you could see, you could see the end there. Um, I wasn't really ever concerned about that. IPF also has a Korean affiliate, but I don't, I, I have a lot to say about them, but they also seem like the type to sue. So I'm just going to okay. yeah. be very <laughs> concise with it. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't know what to call it. I'm essentially banned there um, for something super petty. Uh, so that's that's not an outlet for me. IPF Korea has never sent an athlete to Worlds. And frankly, in my opinion, they don't really have anyone who can... I, I feel like there's a few people now who can uh, kind of maybe get into like the top 10 at Worlds, but not anyone like me. So I, I never really understood the why they didn't want that representation. But I was like, all right, if you don't, I'm not going to beg you for that opportunity. You guys can piss off. So the, and then USAPL Korea became a thing. I was like, all right, that's that's my outlet. So that's that's why I made the decision to compete there. Talk about dropping the fucking ball and letting the big fish get away from their boat. When they push you away, it's what you have done to legitimize um, USAPL Korea is fucking massive. Like I, I, I kicked off the podcast by telling you they're talking about you on the fighter and the kid. Like they're they're talking about these are these are major podcasts. You know they're they're like your what you're doing. They you could have been IPF 
Korea, going to the world championships with South Korea and the flag on your chest, winning gold medals. And instead, you know, I know I respect that you don't want to get into it and, and, uh, and I won't like dive any deeper, but if it's like you said, some petty shit over some petty shit, they lost, they took a big L. They took a big, yeah. big, 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 big L, my friend. And we all know um, Anatoly Novopismani in the 105s, one mm-hmm. best lifter. If you put up a total that you're capable of doing, you're more than likely you could win best lifter even. Can yeah. you imagine what that would do for the IPF um, South Korean affiliate? It is insane to me that they, like, you know, that they would be like, no, it, it, if it's petty, you know, Doug, damn, this is, you gotta, you, the, the opportunity for everybody, like what Brett Gibbs did to New Zealand in the powerlifting scene in New Zealand or what, what specific lifters do to regions when you get a star and it shines that bright cannot be overstated. And you want to talk about like what, you know, is happening in France. It starts with some stars that hit it. Now they have SPD France. Because enough stars are coming through, we have a market here. You know, you're talking about you're a young man without a sponsorship. If it, it, if you start getting sponsorships going, it's not just you, but that's when they start looking who else is over here in South Korea. For them to not see that, it it, it better have been something crazy, man, to let you go. <laughs> it can't be something petty. They got to look bigger. Like it's more, if you're the person running it, or whoever running, it's got to be like it's bigger than me. It's it's a flag being it's a it's a casting call for talent in South Africa or South Africa uh, South Korea to come, you know. And and what we could do with this, what we could do with the marketing, what we could do. And instead, they let you go, and look what the fuck is the opportunity they're losing. And now, um, USAPL South Korea, they're they're inviting over Russ, they're inviting over Ashton, having these big meets. That could have been them. That could have been them. Yeah. Um, I, I I don't like honestly, like I know they dropped the ball. It's not like them not giving the opportunity wasn't uh was ever gonna mean that I would stop training. Like I believed in myself. I just needed a place to perform and eventually I was patient and I was given that opportunity. Uh yeah, they completely dropped the ball on that because I mean I do keep tabs on all the lift, the best lifters in Korea. And I mean, it might seem a bit cocky to say, but there's no one's really even close to where I am. Uh, so the fact that honestly, like it is, it is exceptionally petty um, considering what they lost. Um, and it was completely ego driven on their part as well. But yeah, uh, now I certainly I don't feel like there's a, a need for me to represent Korea in the IPF. Um, USAPL Korea, ex- Korea exists. And like, regardless of what country I'm representing, the uh, like, I don't really ever believe that ethnicity has uh, any role in strength. But uh, certainly other people seem to believe so. And the fact that I'm on the heavier side, I'm on the bigger side, taller side, and I'm a really competitive powerlifter, I think, you know, inspires a lot of people across this con- continent. Um, and I don't need to be affiliated with a certain federation for that to happen. I th- I've, I've gotten a lot of messages like didn't really think uh, it would be possible for 
an Asian guy like my, myself to get that strong. But after watching you compete, um, I think it's possible now. So I, and that's really what I wanted um, people to believe uh, specifically with Asian powerlifters. So that's, I feel like I've achieved that at least a little. I, I want to hope, uh, obviously I want to keep that going, but yeah, IPF Korea could have been the federation that I was with. They missed that op opportunity. Um, and I'm not going to dwell on the past. I, I just think, I just think they missed out. And now I have a future to look forward to with the USAPL. It is what it is, man. You never know what can happen in the future, but as for right now, yeah, they, they took a hard L on that one. Um, mm -hmm. Talking about like, I, I, I got some questions about like the strength culture. When we had Esther on, I asked her a bunch of questions because it's interesting to me. Like there is differences she was explaining on, um, Arian, were you on that podcast with Esther? The, both of them, right? Yeah. She's been on a couple times, but she was like mentioning that it, it is culturally different. What is it like over there? Like how big a, first, first off, how big is strength sports period in South Korea? Uh, there's... I mean, yeah, we obviously have our Olympic weightlifting team um, and we have a few big names there, but it's really only people who are, are already initially interested in strength sports that know of, of these people. Uh, it's definitely not a mainstream thing. Not that powerlifting is mainstream in the U.S. either, but um, I would say overall, the health and fitness industry is probably like I don't know, a decade or two behind um, anything that goes on in the West. So, um, you know, bodybuilding got, I mean, yeah, it started with Arnold, but obviously with uh, Ronnie Coleman and then in the nineties, like bodybuilding is this huge thing in the States. It's like just now starting to be mm. more prominent in Korea. Um, and then I feel like powerlifting is maybe is it like a step behind bodybuilding in terms of getting more popular but it's definitely growing now uh it's it's weird that here because there is actually people who go to who who like go to the gym in korea they know that people um go for one rep maxes on squat bench and deadlift they just call it something different um and they don't know that it there's a sport associated with it but people know of it so when i mention like when i say that the combination of those three for me i like i could i can do 900 plus they they know how heavy that is they know that it's uh like this incredible achievement but as a sport itself like as uh people don't really know that there are competitions people don't really follow it at all it's slowly getting bigger um you had esther on the podcast for women it's way behind um like no, no woman is really interested in getting stronger um, because there's still the idea that they're going to like, I don't they're going to get bulky. Um, but Esther slowly changing the culture with women there. And uh, for men, it's a bit ahead, but even for men, there's this idea that they don't really want to get that big um, or they and, or like if you compete in strength sports, you have to like look fat, but um, so there's mm. just a lot of, misconceptions about the sport right now and people don't for now don't really have too much interest in strength sports it's largely still aesthetic yeah i mean that's definitely behind if they're like still thinking that the thing is like okay so first off are you you're i'm assuming like because you live there you're fluent in korean i'm about as fluent as like a fourth grader yeah i mean that's 
dog, I, I live in Canada and some of my friends are about as fluent in English as a fourth grader. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, look, well, you can read, write and speak. In yes, Washington. I can read, write and speak the, the speak the language. I served in the Korean military. Uh, like I understand the culture. I, I'm, I'm, pre I'm pretty knowledgeable about it. It's just that it does. It doesn't. I don't fit in it that well. Because okay. what I'm driving at is in terms of, again, I know I'm, I'm going back to the same song, but in terms of an asset that you are, that you speak both, you're fluent in Korean and English. In terms of an asset to grow powerlifting, you are literally a guy in Korea that can obviously be whether it could you have the potential anyways to be best lifter at ipf worlds or mega nats you can hop on any podcast and do an, an interview easy peasy with any media outlet easily because you speak english oh by the way also in korea because you speak korean and you're breaking down all these stereotypes like in terms of these guys not recognizing you as an asset it's crazy man that um because that's one of the biggest it's like if if there was a, a language barrier, and the problem is like Korean is like if even if French was language barrier, it's not quite it. Like, look, I'm from Canada. French is one of the official languages in Canada. There's other nations still, but Korean, it's gonna be tougher and tougher if you only knew Korean. The fact that you know English as well, and English is obviously spoken pretty much everywhere. Damn. But anyways, I don't want beating a dead horse here with they let one go, but holy smokes, man. It they're lost though, but USAPL Korea has got to be like, holy shit, that we got one. Yeah, um, I, I, again, I like I, I've known uh, the guy who runs USAPL Korea for for a while now, and I know what his mindset is when it comes to powerlifting. He like he just wants to see the sport grow, uh, not only locally here but also internationally, um, and like I feel his genuine passion for that. So the fact that I'm able to help him out with that um, is like, I feel like we can accomplish something great. He, he also feels the same. Uh, he also feels the same way. Like there's what I, what I experienced with IPF Korea and all of their, like all this ego and all of this um, do as I say, kind of tiger mom mentality that they have there. Um, I don't really feel that with USAPL Korea, they just seem like they just want to get as many people into the sport as possible. And if I can show that, you know, you, you can be super competitive, um, even with this, I guess, ethnicity, or uh, you don't have to really sacrifice. I, I mean, I don't, I want to say I look good, but at least at the very least, I'm not short or fat. Um, so like, you don't have to sacrifice that just to compete in a strength sport. Uh, hopefully can be a pretty big inspiration to a lot of people here. Well, I mean, you're doing good so far, man. I mean, if I, when I was listening to a freaking just a straight up, like that's like a top 20 podcast, uh, like millions of downloads. And if they're mentioning you just mm -hmm. in passing, like, holy shit. Um, one of the producers of the show is Korean and um, like, yeah, you're going to start popping up. There will be people in front, like who are Korean from all over the world. If you want to inspire other people in Korean to like break down stigmas, et cetera, like, you're doing it already, man. Cause this dude is a, is a big time podcaster in the U S like a producer of a podcast. And he was in the U S and he's recognized there's going to be, if that's what your goal, one of them anyways, let's start breaking mm -hmm. those stigmas. You're popping up on radars and people who are Korean from all over the world are starting to be proud because it passes by their news stream. And like, Oh fuck. Okay, we got one. 
You know, in the same way you feel about whatever you feel about in terms of like the stigmas I, I want to stop, they're going to see that and be like, hell yeah, you know, and start getting rallying behind you as well. Um, you know, you were saying before they brought action out that not a lot of people knew of what you were capable of doing. And I remember thinking like when they brought out Ashton and what happened happened and he ends up pulling for the win on body weight with the last deadlift and nobody thought that was going to happen. Nobody thought this was Ashton's going to get pushed like this. I remember thinking like, holy shit, did, did USAPL Korea know? Did they know Keaton was Ashton getting brought out in there? Like my man don't, it's like a mob hit. They, my man don't even see it coming. You, you know what I mean? I'm like, who knew? Who knew? I almost slid in Esther's DMs and be like, who knew? What's going on here? <laughs> who, 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 who knew what's going on? But you were saying, I guess, it was was even the South Koreans were like, holy shit. Yeah. Um, because I mean they people in Korea knew that I could hit 900 plus because I've done it before. Uh they I mean they also didn't really see me compete that much either because I didn't. So they knew that. What the, I think the overall consensus was that I would obviously walk, I would take second, and it would be with a decent margin from Ashton's total, uh, and that Ashton could pretty casually just hit what he was planning on hitting, um, and then just walk away with the win. And I would get decently close to that figure, but like I wouldn't be able to push him. Uh, I think that's what people generally thought because I don't actually train at a big gym either um i just go to train through time uh like occasionally so no one really knows what my what what i hit in training and stuff like that um i knew but uh, but i'm not the i'm not the type of person to go oh yeah ashton's got to watch out um I, i'll just i'll just leave it on the platform on meet day and yeah i think it took everyone by surprise even the people here um and but i i also didn't want like Ashton, I didn't want to surprise Ashton with that. Um, so, but I guess, and and then Ashton told me after the meet that he actually ended up seeing my training footage. Uh, so he was aware that I would be competing. I would be able to put up this level of total. Um, and then I outperformed even that. So he had to end up, end up pulling for the win um, on that day. But yeah, it's, it was just, I don't think anyone other than me and maybe like the people closest to me really expected it. Uh, but I was always confident that I could put those numbers up. And when they decided to bring out Ashton, um, mm -hmm. a couple questions. So did they decide to bring out Ashton, not necessarily knowing that you were going to like, what was going to happen was going to happen, but they thought our, our, is the reason why Ashton, because they knew you had you, they had you and they're like, Keenan's probably the best we got we think he's still going to take an L here, but like, they didn't know what was going to happen, but they're like, he's the best we got. And if anyone's going to be able to give any kind of push, let's make it someone in Keenan's weight class. Like, were you a deciding factor that it should be Ashton or no, absolutely not. Ashton wanted to come. Cause so the whole, the whole story behind Ashton coming here was because Ashton's lived here in the past for about three years. Oh, um, okay. So then you, when USA Poker made the post of, well, we're hosting this competition. I think Ashton left a comment saying, Oh, I'd love to compete. And then they they set everything up so that he could actually come. So it I don't think it had anything to do with me. It just wow. and so then but the head to head then happened. So it was like this big story. But yeah, Ashton just wanted to come because he was just wanted to visit this place that he where he lived as a kid or for three years. So that that's really the only reason behind it. Uh, as 
far as I know. Talk about a be careful what you wish for a situation. He, you know, like he must, he's probably thinking, this, and then this is probably what a lot of people are thinking. Fucking travel the world, um, you know, different culture, just soak it up. They'd like this, who doesn't want to do that? And, uh, you know, have fun, power lift. It, this is what we do. And he probably, you know, when you show up, it's like, oh my God, I'm going to have the scrap of my life. And he had the scrap of his life on the other side of the world there. When you found out it was Ashton, were you like, holy smokes? Because talk about the perfect scenario. Like if Ashton doesn't show, but you put up what you put up, people will recognize, but nowhere near as much. Not even close. It's not the same impact as Ashton fighting for his life back to the wall to the very last deadlift to win on body weight. Am I not mistaken, Aaron? It was one on body weight. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he, he won by about, 80 grams. So there you are, man. Talk about like the perfect scenario for you. Like everything just falling into place. Um, when you found out it was Ashton, what was your, were you thinking, holy smokes, I think this is a great opportunity for me. Uh, I, I mean, like career wise, I, I, I didn't really think much of it. I was just like, finally, some, some actual competition and and it's not just some actual competition it's the best competition so i was like all right i finally get to compete in a scenario where i'm not just trying to put up the highest total that i can on that day i'm actually trying to be someone i need to be a bit more uh like calculating with the with the attempts that i take um like i'm just i'm not, i can't just do even jumps and go okay if i hit my third i hit my third like i actually mm -hmm. have to make sure that i stay within a certain range on subtotal and stuff like that, um, which isn't something that I really had to do before. Cause even at uh, Raw Nationals in 2019, like I was just out there to see what I was capable of. I, I wasn't really thinking of going any, uh, against anyone head to head because I was in the morning session and then primetime happened the, uh, at night then. So this was really my first time doing that. And uh, honestly, it was the, like I had the time of my life doing that, like having that going through the, that, those mind games on, uh, like during deadlifts and stuff like that, like cha changing, changing attempts last second. Um, it was like, ev it was everything that I wanted as a competitive powerlifter. Um, and when I heard that Ashton was competing, I was imagine I was kind of playing that scenario in my head. Like I was like, all right, Ashton's the stronger puller. I have the stronger bench. This is how, so I was, I was calculating all of that months before he ever even showed up. Um, and then, it played out like it did. Um, I mean, obviously, I'm still annoyed that by the fact that he won by 80 grams, but um, feel like I could have just cut my hair <laughs> and maybe weighed a bit less than him. But uh, yeah, it is what it is. Um, and honestly, it was. I mean, I haven't had that much experience, but yeah, to uh, it's the best experience that I've had competing um, in any sport. And when you look back now, um, do you leave? that competition having told yourself like what was your feeling when you left that competition a like what was it pride in like okay now i put everybody on notice you you know you did but did you think that right away and b were you like fuck man i think i, I think i could do this i could beat all these guys like i can this is possible it's, okay well after right after the competition for a few hours until like at because uh Ashton and I, and I and then a few other people we went out for drinks afterwards but like during that interim period it was mostly just fuck I lost 
Um, but honestly, like in terms of, oh, I can go head to head with these guys. I've thought that for years. It's just I've, I was never given the opportunity to do so. Um, what I didn't expect was obviously that all the interest on on me, like all all of a sudden, like I wake up the following day to because I was I was at like a hundred followers maybe, and part of it was intentional because I had a different job before I transitioned to coaching um, that I wanted, so I wanted to kind of stay out of the spotlight, um, but then. I couldn't really do anything to prevent it. And it was just this wave of um, interest, but also support, which was kind of that, that was, I think the most unexpected aspect of this because there aren't any like super top level powerlifters in Korea. So I kind of felt alone. Um, but then having these people uh, from the U S like who are also at the top of their game um, show all of the support. That's where, where I was like, Oh, okay. The guys are, at the top aren't like super ego driven and stuff like that. They, they just want to see the, uh, the best from everyone else. They want to make sure that everyone's competing at their best when they beat them as well. So it was like, kind of, I felt, I kind of felt less lonely. The fact that there are also other people like me out there. Um, but in terms of like a coming out party, like everyone else thought it was that, but I was like, no, this is, I knew I could do this. Um, I just, needed to be given the opportunity. I seized that opportunity and now everyone knows. Well, I mean, if your ambitions were to become a coach, this is going to help. Yeah. It, oh, it's, it's, definitely, it's definitely helped. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I used to work as, I mean, it's not even that long ago. Like it was this summer, I was still working as a teacher. Um, and now I don't have to do that anymore, uh, which because I've transitioned full-time to coaching. So this is yeah, that, that that aspect of this, I'm really grateful for the fact that uh, Ashton came over and uh, like I got all this like attention. I got all these eyes on me. And then the same uh, two weeks ago when Russ and Sean came over and the same thing happened again. So I'm really grateful that that was able to happen and I was able to leave a job that I wasn't really. Uh, well, I, I don't I don't even say that I wasn't passionate about. It. I hated it. So um the fact that I could get, I, I can coach full time. That's, that's definitely like a dream come true. Who, so who paid for Ashton and Russ to come out with the USAPL? The, the America do it. South Korea do it. I think USAPL Korea did it. I'm not too sure. Um, I think they were, yeah, I think they were flown out um, by USAPL Korea because again, they understand what bringing guest lifters like that could do for you at not only USAPL Korea, um, but the sport of powerlifting in general, um, because like having all those eyes on the competition, um, bringing people like Ashton uh, and then the flex team over, it just, it brings more people to the sport in Korea because there's just not a lot of people doing it right now. So in the, like, if you just look at it in the long term, yeah, you might, you might be spending more than you bring in, but in the long term, you're bringing more people to the sport. And that's obviously going to, uh, like, that's going to give you more success in the long run. So I think that's why USA Pro Korea did it. But I'm pretty sure that the US office uh, had didn't really have any part in it. Um, I mean, also the building of the Roan star is extremely important for the continued growth. If they didn't have anybody who could compete, 
the fact that you went toe to toe in the same weight class as Ashton, and then when Russ came, you won the tournament on points, you know, and mm-hmm. and you say like, here's another. What are you more proud of? The the toe to toe, head to head with Ashton, down to the wire last deadlift, or if you like dots in formulas, you beat Russ, who is as good as they come in in the powerlifting sport. What performance, and obviously your total wouldn't weigh up. Uh, I mean, the por- for performance that I'm most proud of um, is is the one against Ashton because that's the one where I had to be a bit more strategic with attempt selection, and that's also the one where I went nine for nine. Um, I, I think... I think honestly, nine for nine is the big thing for me. Like if, if I can go nine for nine to me, I feel like I've done everything right. Uh, and I missed my last poll two weeks ago. So that's, I, that is the deciding factor. Like what other things are uh, get accomplished because of that performance? Like whether I beat someone on, uh, on formula or whether I out total someone that's, that's not really something that I take into consideration. I just want to do what I think I'm, uh, like what I think I'm capable of. And if I execute and I actually go nine for nine, then I feel like I put on a great performance. So because of that, I think the competition against the meet against Ashton is the one that I'm more proud of because I did what I thought I could do versus the one two weeks ago, I missed my last pull. I mean, like my thumbs tore apart, but I still missed it. How about this? Let's say you can go nine for nine on both. Would you prefer to have won the tournament beating Russ on points or Ashton head to head. Oh, Ashton head to head. All right. Yeah. I, I, okay. That, that, that's that it. Play boy. That's, that's what's <laughs> that all about. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's, it's definitely, it's, yeah, it's definitely, I mean, like Ashton, Bob and I don't have to worry about this because we're so underweight for our weight class. But I personally think that cutting weight into a specific weight class is also a skill and also part of the sport. And it's not something that should go, ignored or underappreciated being able to perform after going on a water a water cut and doing a two-hour weigh-in like that's a skill in and of itself and that's why i think you know the the weight class stuff is still important and the only reason why people don't place as much importance on it right now is because for certain weight classes there's just really there's just like one person at the top and there's this massive gap and then there's a few other people so but if weight classes can get more competitive like if there are a bunch of high level lifters in each weight class that then that forces those lifters to focus on the head-to-heads in their own weight classes and i think at that point people are less concerned on formula like if they win on formula they win best lifter they're like okay that's that's a good second prize but getting first in your weight class is probably gonna the i would say it's probably the one that everyone would want um, once things become more competitive. 100%. I think so. That's the number one goal. And it's like a, a cherry on top of the cake if you win best lifter b- based off of some kind of dots. Because again, yeah, like, the calculations... Formulas change all the time, too. They change and, all the time, man. Yeah, they're so they're so subjective because I, I don't really know what the, what the criteria is with for, formula, like what variables they take into consideration when changing them. But I feel like it's just ev- every time this like really high-level lifter comes around with this massive total and then that that and then you look at their formula and it's just way off compared to everyone else they're like oh we need to change this so i don't think that it's a imprecise science and it'll always be an imprecise science 
but right now because uh it's i feel like it's even more imprecise so why place so much emphasis on something that's in my opinion still a bit still really subjective versus you know beating someone on total in a specific weight class there's no way that you can kind of turn that into well yes this person won but you can't really say that but with formula you can you, it, it turns into like this i don't know it turns into like this ego driven like oh well this formula i won with on this formula this person's better and i think the beauty of powerlifting is that it's just numbers and you can step away from that uh, but with formula i think it gets a bit cloudy i mean yeah you can use two different formulas and different people won ipf world's best lifter and it's like you know it's tough russ said yeah. openly he's like i'm not worried at all about the formula because russ has lifted and competed when it was wilkes he's lifted mm -hmm. and competed under the gl points he's lifted and yeah. competed under dots and he's like my positioning can go up and down depending on what formula you want to use on me but guess what as long as i win my weight class or i take records that's more important because that's just it's that'll never change right and and because russ had to compete with brett gibbs for so long um and actually have to beat him uh, have have someone else who's at that same level and be able to beat him i think he would obviously uh prioritize the weight class um so if you have someone like that in your weight class, then I think you end up understanding that, oh, yeah, winning your weight class is still the bigger priority. Um, and I just hope that powerlifting comes to a point where everyone has to deal with that. Then there's not just one person who's so like dominant in weight class that you have to look at formulas before you look at total. Yeah, like essentially Taylor Atwood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where he's like, like he had all of them formulas, every single formula, as well yeah. as a massive dominance of the weight class. And it's like, okay, what are we gonna do here? It's yeah, uh, but I mean, I feel like in his case, it's not that his his competition is lacking. It's just that he, still, as of now, he's just way better than his competition. Yeah. Uh, so you got to give credit where it's due. He, I don't think he's dominant in his weight class because. Uh, like his dominance in his weight class is because he is that exceptional level of a lifter. 100% agree. No, 74s aren't lacking. 100% no, agree. No, it's just one of special. the most competitive weight classes. It just seems like it because there's you you see Taylor Atwood and you think uh, some people like who don't really follow the sport that much would go, well, why are the other 74s? Why aren't the other 75s at that level? No, it's, he's the anomaly. He's the yeah. one who's head and shoulders above everyone else. That's why... It's very rare, but he could raise his hand and be like, it doesn't matter what calculation, use whatever calculation you want. I'm number one. As a matter of fact, go into the untested and throw guys on gear and throw them on a deadlift bar. I'm still going to beat them. Like that's very like in his weight class. That's like, he's just a complete anomaly like that. As well as like Leah Bavwa actually won on two different calculations as well in a weight yeah. class up. So sometimes yeah. you have someone like that in the 63 is the same thing. It's pretty stacked. It's not like there's not a lot of ladies in the 63 kilo class, um, whether it's USAPL or IPF. It's just, she's an anomaly. It's a pretty competitive weight class for her to be in. Um, looking at the rest of the world or looking at the rest of like the Americans, how do you find like, because Esther was trying to explain how people carry themselves differently in Korea. Mm -hmm. 
how do you find how they carry themselves and then comparing yourself and uh, and how you carry yourself? And Esther was saying how, you know, South Korea, you're much more humble and, and people don't speak out. Like you've seen, you know, probably the audio clips from like Taylor, Russ, Bob in there being like, I'm number one. Bob's got a big number one. He's picture of him with his finger up like number one. Taylor's and he's saying when we put up our picks, um, the KOTL lifter, he, t- Bob takes a snapshot of it and runs down mm-hmm. his 2022 accomplishments. Taylor pushes back with, well, here's my accomplishments. Obviously, Russ has been on here. His podcast just dropped today, and he's a very confident man as well. You see you see in his Instagram stories, everything he's talking. How does How is the culture over there in terms of like just culturally and yourself? Yeah, I'll, so it, like my personality has a lot to do with the fact that I prob- I'll, I'll never talk like that or I, I never promote myself like that. It's just, for me, it's just leave it on the platform, just see what you can do on meet day and execute. Um, but overall, as a culture, it's also, yeah, you, you got to, it's, I wouldn't even say it's like humility is taught. It's just, it's even more extreme than that. It's like, don't be proud of your accomplishments is um, I think a better way to put it because they really try to underplay like what, what you do. And they, it's, it's a collectivist society. So um, like individual success, I doesn't seem to be valued as much. Um, Like I don't, even if you get uh, complimented in Korea, you got to be like, Oh no, 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 no. Where like, what's wrong with saying thank you. But, but you got, you got to deny your accomplishments and you got to be overly humble as uh someone living in korea or else people will blast you for being like this self-centered uh egotistical like jerk um and really all you're doing is just accepting someone giving you praise but that's kind of how the culture is here so uh when people from korea look or listen to what people like taylor or bob or russ would have to say on this podcast or on their own social media platforms they I think there is a tendency to think that they are cocky, but the way that I look at it also growing up in the States, it's just some people are a bit more outspoken and some people are a bit more reserved, but I feel like people um, who excel in powerlifting, we're all thinking that on the inside anyway. It's just a matter of who's expressing it more. Mm. Can you imagine um, the friction? Like, would you get friction if you were like, came on here talking like Taylor Atwood? Would that yeah. be issue? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. If you were like, look at here it is. I'm the fucking best. And you know, it's facts. It is what it is. Yeah. I it's like that's just why I feel like I'm walking on edge eggshells when I when I say like I don't really have that much competition, even though it's like objectively true. I kind of have to underplay that. Like I feel like if I if I just come up here and say, I'm the best on this entire content. I might like get like a call from my grandma saying, why did you say that? Like, <laughs> yeah, you gotta, you gotta be humble. Like, so your grandma's listening. That's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I feel like, no, I feel like my parents would listen to it and go and then, and tell my grandma and like my whole family would be like, you shouldn't have said that. You should always stay humble. And it's just what the culture is like here. Now on the, on the flip side, I was going to ask, since now you're becoming a coach 
And mm. as your athletes start doing competitions and doing better, would you feel like confident talking about your athletes and talking them up and that they're going to be the best or, or is it the same? Oh, I, 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 I'm way more comfortable doing that. Um, I just, I, I find it hard to do it myself. I think maybe it's because that culture subconsciously has been ingrained to me, ingrained in me, but like whenever my athletes make progress, like my, my sister who I've been coaching the longest, like she qualified for Ron Atts, uh, two weeks ago, like, um, like I love talking about her and how amazing her accomplishment accomplishments are yet. I just can't do the same with myself. It's, it's like, if, if someone else talks about someone else's accomplishments, then, you know, there's no ego involved. So people are more willing to accept it. But if you, if you're talking about yourself like that, no, it's like, fuck off. That's, that's, that's generally the attitude here. Now we need to know what weight class your sister is to see who she's trying to take out. <laughs> Oh, oh, she, she, she's, she, she, she keep tabs on everyone. Like, I don't think she should be doing that right now, having just qualified for raw nets, but um, she's already doing that. She's a, she's a 52. Oh, wow. nice. 52s are stacked everywhere too. Is, um, and she's USAPL then. Yeah. Okay. Um, in terms of coaching, well, first off, how do, how does the South Koreans react to like guys like Ashton and Russ and, and the flex squad coming in? Is it like culturally way different because they're brash, they're loud, they'll take up space, you know, they'll, I see the stream, Joey's crawling on the platform and like, you know what I mean? Like they're, and, and that's probably extremely different than everything you just described anyways. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, if you watch some of the Korean lifters compete, like when they step on the platform there or, or when they finish a lift and then they see like three white lights, they like bow and then they step off the step off the platform like i'm i'm not like that as well like i on when the when i went for the second pull to get the unofficial world record like i was obviously doing a bit of showboating myself and people would look at that and go there's no reason to do that like it, it was just instinct for me i was just kind of feeling uh getting an adrenaline rush so if they see like not only russ celebrating but also <laughs> sean and joey uh step, walking onto the platform like that yeah i feel like some people might view it like that but also the powerlifting community here they're pretty young a lot of them are in their 20s um so a lot of them are more accustomed to western culture and traditions understand what people how people behave in the states and they're more accepting of it uh it's still i feel like for a lot of people it's still bizarre to see that from time to time though i guess you're right where they're expecting they've seen it so they know like this is this is this is what's coming. Like we saw like 20, 2019 worlds when Joey was on the sideline celebrating after that monster squat when he's battling Brett Gibbs. And that's when mm -hmm. Russ first won the world title. Like, you know, you kind of grow up expecting, yeah, man, this is how they celelebrate this is how they do thing because they were all flexing into the live stream flexing in. The commentators actually were pretty wild on that stream though. They were not reserved, sir. Oh, oh, okay. wait, are you talking about the, the stream for the USAPL Korean meet? Yeah. Okay, well, that, that guy, he's like, a, he's like a YouTube celebrity, essentially. That channel has 3 million uh, subscribers, oh, so that's shit. kind of... Yeah, so, yeah, so having a guy like that promoting the sport, uh, I, I was on his channel a few weeks ago as well. Like, I, I was trying to promote the sport as well. I, I was doing this video where it was like me versus six regular people and seeing who could out-total each other. Um. <laughs> So I think stuff like that will bring eyes on the sport. Obviously, having him there is really helpful. Um, I 
when 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 Korean people or talk or react to what other people are doing, not themselves, then they mm. go crazy. Like it's it's like uh, Korean commentators during the World Cup go insane. Um, so I that that's honestly completely I I expected that. Um, it's just it's just when it's about yourself that you have to be be a bit more reserved. Having that, what's that guy's name? Because having him as that YouTuber with three million followers streaming it is massive for powerlifting in Korea. It is, yeah. It's it's massive for powerlifting in Korea because like people know about it. Um, and he, I don't know too much about him. I I've been told that he kind of has a back, back background in powerlifting, which is why he shows so much interest in it. Um. He, he like no i don't very few people know what he actually looks like because he walks around with a mask and then like a fake beard um and sunglasses <laughs> like that's just his persona makes sense. um and, that's arian right uh, there. So, that fake. yeah so it's it's just like this bald head so he calls himself kim keran which basically translates to egg kim like that's his name egg um but yeah his 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 channel has this massive following and I don't know why, honestly, I don't know why he streams the USAPO Korea uh, meets, but I'm gr very grateful that he does it. And um, I hope that he continues to do it. I hope that he enjoys it. It, I mean, if you had a subscription channel with 300 million people watching, that's like a real show. Like the fact yeah. that powerlifting, like you wouldn't even want a TV deal. You'd be like, no, this is bigger. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Like a TV deal yeah, would be, would be stepped down for you. I, I yeah, obviously because the tar the with with a channel like that, you or you already have the target audience. Right. Um, whereas with the TV deal, like some people are flipping through channels and go, "Oh, what's this?" They have no interest in it though. But you know, obviously, most of the people subscribed to that channel are already interested in fitness to begin with. So I think we're marketing to a more much more streamlined audience and. And that channel having 3 million subscribers, it's basically like everyone who works out in Korea knows about that channel or is subscribed to it. So it's it's huge for the sport here. In terms of recruiting those people, like if you're just in the fitness industry and a lot of people, you said, know about SBD, they're squatting, benching, deadlift. They know about going up to one rep maxes. To recruit people who are already doing the style training or interested in it to be like, hey, there's a sport. Not only that, we have a star. Do you want to join this party? It's huge, man. And it's huge for yourself to be like, this is like a pivotal time um, that this is all taking place right now. From USAPL coming to South Korea, which is a bizarre move, to a YouTuber with 3 million people, to Ashton happening to be the first guy over, and then Russ, to yourself. All of these weird, bizarre events that off the top, United States of America, South Korean, like it, all of it, on the surface, if you were telling somebody, I got a, sh a, a an idea for a TV show, that you'd be like, this is the most bizarre shit I've ever heard. Like, this is all over the place. The fact that all of this is laid out, my friend, it's extremely bizarre that it's all happened and you were extremely lucky it has. It's already changed your career path and your life and God knows what can happen in the future. Like, this is, this is you know, it's quite a story. Yeah, it's, it's, if you were to explain like this whole thing to like just someone who knew nothing about it all right there's this american powerlifting organization called the usapl 
They want to expand internationally, but they're not going to change their name. They're going to stay USAPL. So <laughs> their affiliate, their their affiliates are going to be USA Powerlifting South Korea. Um, how do you think that's going to work? They're going to go. That's that. I don't think that's going to work at all. And it very much had a chance to not work. Um, but um, and a lot. I I feel like a lot of people weren't really taking the international expansion that seriously. But when Ashton said he was going to come over. And then um, the fact when we were able to go toe to toe like that, also in Korea, that competition got streamed to all of his subscribers. They also like edited that video that um, of me and Ashton competing against one another. That video itself has like 1.4 million views at this point. Um, they also did the same with uh, with the with the meet from two weeks ago. Like so. It's really helped the sport grow in Korea, and it's, I think, made the USAPL way more serious about their international expansion. Like, all of everything here kind of fell into place at the exact right, exact same time. But it's not like, I don't think it was really coincidental. Everyone worked really hard for it. Like, on USAPL Korea's side, they wanted to get the best production quality. They wanted to bring in the best people to do the live stream. They wanted to make sure that uh, the meet looked presentable uh, and that... You got the best in the world to compete there. That's why Ashton came over. And then that's why uh, Russ and Sean came over. And then there's me who felt like I had to represent Korea as well. So it's it does seem like everyone everything fell into place really well. But also we worked really hard for it to fall into place that well. 100%. Yeah. When, um, when opportunity arises, people got to be ready and work, and work their ass off when it does. You know, nothing's going to fall on your lap. Uh, but the fact that everything just like it is, well, first off, I did not think USAPL South Korea was going to take off. I did not think the USAPL international expansion. And I don't know if this is going to happen in every single place because this was a, like a, a phenomenal success, you know, <laughs> like from start to bottom. I don't know if you're going to have like, you know, a superstar like yourself, a freaking YouTuber of 3 million people. The background people who are ambitious enough to put this all together and um, and make headways and, and make those phone calls and bring people in like, hey, you could do the commentary. You could stream. Hey, Keenan, you having issues with other people? Not with us. Let's make it work. We got, you know, it's just, let's let's fly people out if they're the ones doing it. Ashton, let's get Ashton. Let's pay. Ashton, come on out. We've seen your comment. And being ambitious to follow through, Russ, who's big, Russ. Russ, let's bring Joey. Let's bring Duhan, who does all of, and Sean, who do Russ's content so that Russ himself is a content machine for the powerlifting community. He's the perfect second guy to come out because he's going to be essentially a PR agent for you guys. So you're right. It's not coincidence by any any stretch. Um, it's, it's just when opportunity arises. It's bizarre events. Some things you wouldn't, three years ago, if you told me all this was happening, I'd be like, this is fucking crazy. But right now, it's like, this is working. You know, this is working. Um, I don't know if every single expansion they're going to have is going to be quite like this, but my God, man, whatever. You know, dude, it's it's been a phenomenal experience so far for you guys. And hopefully, if USAPL South Korea um, saw a return on investment, we'll say, bringing Ashton and bringing Russ, which I think they did, hopefully they'll see a return on investment sending you. So they pay for your flight hotel thinking, you know what? 
representation-wise, what this could do for our federation. If Keenan, um, you know, wins in terms of the, you know, getting your pro card and wins a pro series, going to the U.S. Nationals, wins possible best lifter, you're at least in the running. I'm not saying you, you know, take the pressure off you, but you're in the running. Mm. If you're not in the conversation, someone's lying. So, you know, if they don't see the value in that, like that's probably the next step. They did phenomenal with everything else they've done. The next step is you need a homegrown star to succeed internationally on the, those big stages. And you're definitely the guy. And if they're like, let's, let's get them there. If, if there's an issue, like you're like, I don't know if I could afford, they should maybe think about that. I don't know what's possible and I'm not putting it on other people, but I'm just saying it is, it is actually if you, like, and I, maybe you feel uncomfortable saying it because you're going to be hitting people up for money and that feels weird. So maybe it's best I say it for you. But honestly, as a third party, if I'm looking at this, I think the next step, you you need a star to emerge and start winning on the international, not just home soil and battling on those big shows. And I think it'd be worth, if they're paying for bringing other guys out, they should pay to bring you up, fly you out. And if they get a couple big wins and you're the top of the USAPL, my friend, what are we talking about here? That's, that's huge, man. It's huge. Yeah. Um, but you, you're right. I'm not, I'm never going to say that myself. Oh, then I'm uh, glad I did, dog. Yeah. Then I'm glad I did. But, uh, like, I'd still probably do it anyway. I just, because, I mean, it's it's not, I'm not thinking about losing or earning money through the competing. It's just, that's, it's something that I feel like I really want to do. It's actually, it's beyond that. It's feel, I feel like it's something that I need. I, I want to prove it to myself that, um, I can, I, I am one of the best in the world and I want to prove to myself that I can be the best in the world as well. So like, regardless of who's paying for it, um, like I'll, I'll be there and, uh, and like everything else that follows, I mean, like it will, will come, but it's mostly, I'm just doing it to, to really show that, you know, show what I'm capable of and show that, um, I am the lifter that I think that I am. In like two, three years time, man, you and who, who's running the, um, who's the president or of the South Korean. So he's, he's the, uh, so the, he's still called the state chair, which I think is hilarious. Um, but yeah, he's, his name is uh, Daniel. Yeah. His name is Daniel. Like, Kim. Dude, he's, they're, uh, they're full on colonizing. Are they, they call yeah. you a state. Like we're not a state, bro. We're, we're a sovereign nation. No, if you, you still, <laughs> I feel like you register for your U S uh, I think it's changed recently, but when when I first renewed my USAPL membership, I just I think the state was South Korea, but now I think that now they have like a separate country slot. Um, but yeah, I believe he's still called the state chair. That's, that's how he signs his emails at the very least. Um, but yeah, his name is Daniel Kim. He owns the gym that the all these uh meets have been um hosted at. Uh, he. His Instagram handle is Train True, which is also the name of the gym. Um, but he's a really ambitious guy, um, really well educated as well, and he he just wants the best for the sport, not only in Korea but also internationally. Um, yeah, he's a he's a really good guy. If if more people um, kind of running these federations had the same mindset that he did, um, I mean, I feel like the sport would be a lot bigger right now. Well, for sure in Korea, look what he's done in a year. I mean, yeah, that's, exactly. I mean, this isn't even debatable. <laughs> they lost. They should have got you and him. 
but it is what it is, right? Oh, but- oh, yeah. He has bad, bad blood with IPF Korea as well. It's, it's, it's they, they have a knack of making enemies with the worst possible people. <laughs> this is this is here's what it is, and this isn't just them to beat up on them, but sure. Uh, but also, like, period. When you burn bridges, um, it, people look at like, if I burn this bridge with this person. What can he do to hurt me? He can't hurt me. So fuck it. I'm going to attack the person all, um, whatever it is. If they do it in social media, if they do it with whatever they're going to do, right? You see this, but what they don't realize is the worst thing that you're actually doing is the opportunity cost, right? What they're doing to themselves and doors will close. So when shit hits the fan for you and that person could have been like an asset, they could have helped you grow. They could have whatever IDs you had, whatever whatever they could do with you is now gone. And that is an opportunity lost. And that's where you cost yourself. Some people, all they think about is if I go at Keenan or if I go at that, at the other gentleman, Daniel, they're not coming. What are they going to do to me? They can't hurt me. No, but they could have fucking helped you. And that's just that, that happens with not just you guys, but period out there with a lot of things. It's like, if you work with people, it's better to make friends and enemies. And even if there are certain people will not go out of the way to, to hurt you, they will not go out of the way to help you either. And you will need help at some point. Or even if you don't need help, you could have been bigger and better and everybody would have worked together. It would, you're stronger together. Some people don't realize that, man. Yeah, And it's short-sighted, man. It's short-sighted because look at this. It, it is. It, it's extremely like, yeah, everything that you said is true because neither of us are doing anything to hurt IPF Korea. We just we're just doing our own thing. We're just trying to uh yeah, we're we are doing what we think is necessary to help um ourselves grow. Uh, but because of that, then other people will obviously uh kind of link us to IPF Korea and go, Oh, look at this incredible missed opportunity. How could have they been so foolish to think that or make or do that? And then, you know, that kind of sheds a light on IPF Korea indirectly. Um, and as a result, then, you know, people question, you know, should I should I go to this federation or should I maybe go to USAPL Korea, which seems to be doing everything right, which seems to prioritize athletes enjoying themselves and getting the best possible meet experience that they can. Uh, and it's, I'm not trying to make enemies with anyone. It's just, if you make enemies if you if you if you view me as an enemy, I'm not going to try to do anything to fix it either. Put it this way: the best possible revenge you could ever have on somebody because of what I just said is success. Yeah, that's it. Week after week, you do you, it, it. Just when you're killing and crushing, that's the that's that's all you got to do, man. It's it, it alleviates things and focus on yourself and just be successful. And it is what it is. Um, yeah, it's it. There's no need to go out anyways. Just the fact that you and everyone else who might've been ostracized is no longer helping them out is, is enough. And the more successful you get, the more they're like, damn, could have been our nationals being run on a YouTube channel with 3 million people and a star this big that could possibly win IPF world's best lifter. And all of these things that could have been. I was trying to, trying to remember, uh, can you, how much is the, uh, the membership for, uh, the IPF affiliate as well? Okay, <laughs> you're, you're gonna try. You're trying to get me sued. Um, All right, don't know. say nothing that might get no, you sued. No, no, I, I've actually said. I've, I've already. I've already said it before. Uh, actually, I'll, I'll, I'll just tell the story so you, you guys understand just how exceptionally petty that they they were 
um, it's it's 800,000 won here. So the exchange rate right now would equate to around 700 bucks USD. So what that pays for is a uh, is a weekend long seminar that I spent one one day at and then was promptly uh, kicked out of um, for the following day. Uh, but what they basically teach you there is what powerlifting is like. It's not 700 bucks is way too much money to pay for really anything for a weekend. Um, but to me? just learn what a squat bench and deadlift are and what knee sleeves are and stuff like that, it's definitely not, not worth it. And so my sister and I went, so that's, uh, cause we were both actually, she wanted to compete in I IPF worlds as well. Cause I feel like she could be, she would be able to, um, and I didn't do anything, but everyone knows that we're siblings and she posted on her Instagram story. This is a waste of time and money, which I don't disagree with at all, but I didn't do anything. <laughs> but yet the both of us were, were, were kicked out. We were refunded and like, we don't want you back. Um, and that's basically it. That's it. That's the only thing that happened. And that's what led me to being like ostracized from IPF Korea. Dog, let me say so. 700 US? Dog, that's a fucking all-inclusive vacation somewhere. Like, a, yeah, uh, yeah. in terms of a seminar, I want to see, like, I mean, fucking, there is not, I don't know nobody worth that much. Lane Norton's coming to Toronto. I'm just south of Toronto. And this is Lane Norton, who's on, like, Joe Rogan debating and, like, on Andrew Huberman and, like, on, like he is the pinnacle of nutrition. Right. And this is Lane Norton, who's a doctor and like the not just resume wise, but in terms of like the drawing power of what he right. brings to the table. It's fucking crazy. And he is like half that or less, man. And that's Lane yeah. Norton, who's going to pack a fucking arena. It's it's crazy. Um, That's an insane amount of money. What I would expect for seven hundred dollars, man, you better fly me out somewhere all-inclusive i'm getting drunk okay there's a discotheque all right this is like what are we talking about here what is this that's insane about of money yeah it is it's 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 insane when you compare it to like obviously the usapl just has a membership fee and it would be more than 10 years of being a member of the usapl was this a so, lifetime thing how does it work sorry okay so you get I the seminar really i don't really know i feel you a lifetime I, member it's it's until you're banned, um, which <laughs> happens to more people than, than like, it happens way more than I think it should. Like, you shouldn't, people shouldn't be getting banned left and right. Um, no, it should be difficult I to get banned. Yeah, I don't think, I don't know if it's a lifetime thing. I, I don't think anyone's gotten to that point. Um, but from what I know is that it's that you still have to pay to compete in competitions here like i mean that's true for any federation like there's you still have to pay to compete in specific meets to, to register for specific meets um i don't think the registration fee matches the quality production quality of the meet but that's its own story but, but i i think it might i don't think there's a renewal of it like i don't think there's a yearly renewal so i don't want to trash them too much by saying it's seven hundred dollars yearly because i don't think that's the case um but even if you even if you spread that out over 10 years that would be 70 bucks a year which is still more than most federations put it well like the, the average power lifter is one to two years so i mean they that's not to for look 
I'm saying if let's what we're we'll, we'll use the terms if okay if it's you can only buy a lifetime membership and if it's like seven hundred dollars that is a massive barrier for anybody oh yeah the barrier of entry is huge um which is I think one of the reasons why it's seven hundred dollars here and this is a bit uh of this is a problem I think in Korean culture where where People just like adding to their resume. So what you get handed is like a certificate that you you did this seminar and that you're an IPF certified instructor or something like that. I think that's what you get along with uh, completing the seminar, which but like you didn't really learn anything over this weekend. So it's just the piece of paper that you want. Um, but it, Korean culture is big on like adding stuff like that to your resume. Uh, so what a lot of people who do that seminar, like why a lot of people do it is because they're working in the health and fitness industry. They want to have this on their resume as well. So they're willing to pay the 700 bucks just to add it onto their resume. Um, but obviously just for the average hobbyist who wants to just compete in these uh, competitions, the barrier of entry is way too high. Uh, so now you see a lot of people, you know, transitioning to USAPL Korea. See, that's, that's what I was trying to say, like, not trying to get you in trouble. But yeah, like if like someone was coming to look for me and they're like, oh, this one, you know, you have to go to a coaching course, you got to pay $700 up front, you know, it may last you however many years and make your money back. But that's if you stick around or over here, yeah, you just pay for the $65 membership and you pay the entry fee. Oh, by the way, over here, you have Keenan, you got Russ, you got Ashton, you got this famous YouTuber doing the live stream, everything like that. Then yeah, people are like, oh, maybe I'll just go over here instead. And I saw the the local meet you just had had about ninety lifters in it. Cool. So you're already having a local meet with ninety lifters. Who knows what it's going to be next year? If you guys put a nationals together, maybe you get a few hundred people for nationals, and then yeah. you can keep growing it that yeah. way. And that's yeah, where and that's the yeah, go. that's the uh, that's the plan for next year. USAPL, USAPL Korea is hosting their own nationals next year, and it's it's by invitation or like you have to be the top five in your weight class. Uh, to be able to compete um and so they're doing all the right things I, I i feel like hopefully people you know um see that uh that we're hosting a nationals and they want to you know be able to claim that they competed in nationals or maybe even say that they're a national champ um and maybe that's a drawing card as well but yeah i think because the barrier for entry is so low and people generally seem to have a really good time at these competitions because um everyone's just there to enjoy themselves you see a lot of way more people uh entering the sport i think the next usap korea meet or one of them that's planned uh they they're already booked and it's being held in april and it's like i think 100 plus entrants so wow. the sport is definitely growing um and a lot of people really want to be part of this really want to have that uh meet experience so i mean i mean i i'm obviously biased here but it's yeah usap usapl korea is doing everything right to to promote the sport yeah i mean it, you could see where and again i'm using the term if because we went on that website up even if we did i wouldn't be able to read it but um if it is in fact like you have to pay around 700 us and it's for the certificate, like you're, well, you get a certificate and the certificate you use in the fitness industry for coaching, whatever, but that's not what the amount of people that actually want to come to you for that is not like, it's a sporting 
governing body where people want to yeah. do a sport. You know how many people who powerlift have no ambitions whatsoever of paying like $700 for a seminar and a certificate to coach. They don't want to coach. I got a day job. I've always had a day job. I don't want to, I would never in my life want to pay money to become a, you know, a, a powerlifting coach or whatever the heck, or any of that kind of stuff. Like, but it, I wouldn't be able to powerlift at all unless I did agree to. So like, it, it would be better to have options of, okay. Yeah. If you want to compete as an athlete and you have no ambitions to get a certificate because you don't want to be a coach, you know, then here's a much less price and you don't want to buy a lifetime membership. Here's a much less price and all just structured layered like that. But you will be able to force a high rate if you're the only show in town and it's yeah. simple supply and demand. But here's the flip side. You're not the only show in town anymore. That's if this well, is the way it's run. I'm, I'm using the term if because I I don't know for sure. And I'm not putting on you, Keenan, because I know you're not saying for sure either. You're saying like, I, I believe this is what it is as well. But let's say if that is, well, now there's another show in town. It's going to be very easy to start collecting lifters because we know for fact the average power lifter competes for two years and they're not going to be doing all this other stuff like, you know, grabbing certificates and freaking trying to turn themselves into the next Joey Flex type deal. Right. It's, yeah, it's just a matter of like, I mean, I feel like they were just coasting for a bit and then they finally met some competition and now it's their turn to respond. We'll see how they do. Um, but I feel like they shouldn't have been forced into improving, but now that now the situations come up where they do have to adapt, where they do have to change. Um, we'll see if they're too set in their ways to do that. And if, if that's the case, they're just, I'm, they're just going to be a relic of the past in come a few years. Isn't it ironic that it's the Americans that come and do that. That is so American where they are bred on. Like the whole system is competition. You know, you elevate cause you're forced to, you don't want to adapt somebody else takes your your piece of the pie that is that is the capitalist system where it is that where it's just like you have to get better you have to keep getting better because somebody else is going to offer better services for you and and everybody's got to just keep improving you can't coast there's no such thing as coasting not in the open free market and that's where more people enter the market and it's a good thing it's a good thing for everybody because um the federations are they, i mean just in general competition makes other people have to improve and then the consumers of these products and services get better products and services and get have options to go various places it works mm. overall i'm not just trying to pitch fucking capitalism to everybody here but uh it's true right so um well whatever we'll see man i mean who knows maybe um you know climate's change environments change and um we'll see in 2 to 3 years maybe the whole scene could be changing over there. We've seen it all. So much has changed since I've come in the game, I'm in, and I've seen so much change. Who the frick knows by the time, you know, four or five years roll by what, what Korean powerlifting is. But you're in the forefront now. You're ready to think of it right now. It's it's a, it's a very interesting time, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's... Uh, it Yeah, because I'm in the thick of it, it's... I mean, I, I, I feel like I just need to put my head down and just make sure that i i continue improving um and then everything else will follow i like self-promotion is secondary to just i the best way for me to self-promote is just to do better right. uh so that's all i feel like i have to do um that's all that i'm probably going to do um and as long as i perform well uh, i feel like everyone 
uh, over here in Korea can like can feed off that success. Um, Arian, do you want to play the name game, my friend? Do you have any other questions though before we do this? No, let's do a name game. Okay, you got the. Do you got some names, sir? Uh, I added some more to the list. I don't know how many uh, Keenan knows, so I guess we can. If you don't know them, you can always pass the names if you want. The, so the name game, sir, is um, we just do. Um, Arian, do you want to say the names? Sure. So essentially, we say a name, and um, you just say a few thoughts that come to your head. You can you could talk as much as you want, but you could literally right. be one word replies. Um, and it could be anything. Don't overthink it. Like if it's Russ, it could be like charismatic or it could be big squat. There's no right and wrong answer. You know what I mean? So that would be the name game. If it's six pack Lapidat, handsome devil will probably come to mind. Well, let me add that. Charismatic, <laughs> I iconic, um, you know, just whatever, but um, <laughs> humble. Uh, uh, so yeah, I started, I put down some names that I think, you know, and then we'll go to someone's you may not. Um, so first name, Bob Matthews. Uh, he, he does everything to the, to the absolute T. Like, I don't think anyone can question his work ethic. Um, and then if he says he's going to do something for the most part, he's done it. Uh, so like, honestly, people might say he's got a bit of an ego. I don't know really who's saying that, but I don't think so. Um, uh, like from the few interactions that I've had with him, it's, he seems grounded. It's just that because he's done so well, I think he does. He he deserves to be able to talk like that. I think that's accurate. Number two, Ashton Rauschka. All right, he's the first really like obviously big elite level powerlifter who I've actually had any personal connection with. Um, and he is genuinely just as a person a really great guy. Like he's super competitive as well as uh, like all of us are, but as a person, um, he's just really easy to get get along with, um, and really he's like he's a good friend, honestly. At this point, uh, so it's weird that after one competition we became more friends than competitors. But yeah, that's just the type of person that he is. Number three, Russell Orhi. He's got, he's got, like, he's got like this celebrity star presence about him. I mean, it might have to do with the way that he just showed, like, dressed before weigh-ins. But it's just like you, you look at him at, because I showed up in like a Pokemon jacket, and um, and he just walked. He's like, it's like the when NBA players when they're during before a game, like the cameras on them, and they're just dre they're dressed like really sharp. That's just what it seemed like, uh, and. I think he's just, to me, he's like the perfect star for the sport. He's got everything. All right. Next, Sean Mills. Uh, I didn't know that he was that young. And then by talking to him, it just seems, he just seems like this wide eyed kid. Um, and uh, I just, I just want the best for him. Uh, cause I feel like the sky has the limit for him. And he's, I uh, just want him to recognize that. And yeah, he's just, he's got, he's still, like obviously he's done really well for himself at such a young age, but he's still got this childlike innocence about him that I that I've lost. So uh, <laughs> I just like seeing that um, seeing that in him. All right, uh, the rest of these I went through your Instagram followers. So I don't know how well All you right. know them, okay. but let, okay. we'll see. Bryce Lewis. 
Bryce Lewis. All right. Uh, he won nationals when I when I competed in 2019. Um, and that is. I shook his hand. I congratulated him. That's the only time we've ever spoke. So I don't really know what else to say other uh, other than, like, I mean, he's... Oh, actually, as a lifter, though, like, he doesn't mess up. Um, he, he's an absolute professional when it comes to performing on meet day. That's definitely something that I respect about him. All right. How about Sean Jin? I... He says he's korean i don't know if he is he just um i don't know what his <laughs> background Irish. is yeah well like i mean and i like, he posted on his story like he it's it's uh like we have some some of the same genetics share some of that strength but i mean he's a he's still a junior he won a, a junior worlds and he seems to be like improving exponentially so i think for him like just keep working um and I, i'm excited to what well, to see what he does this year and what he does in the open as well um i don't know if you know him from great Britain, majid suleiman we call him money mo he took is he a, the one with the crazy deadlift yes and he, he comes out did like he, a did wild he, man. He right he, did he try to pull for the win at yes. euros that? yes that's him oh yeah. i got a respect that because that that well that was a wasn't that a huge jump from his second it was huge man. it was an, it was enormous i gotta respect the balls on that man to do that like i would do it as well um but like and yeah obviously he missed the lift but i know that he thought to himself that he was gonna hit it so mad props that he actually went went through with it um and yeah it was a hell of a fight i, I really like watching him deadlift too he comes out, he's so wild when he hits that, when he, when Dan lives come, he's a fucking madman. It's it, just him walking onto the platform is exciting. It's crazy. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that a thing with all like British lifters though? I feel like every time I watch a British lifter, they're screaming. Cause the screamers started it. Yeah. Screamers started yeah. that. But then um, there was Owen Hubbard and then yeah. Yeah. Butters. Yeah, you're right. Fuck, it is like a British it's a, thing. Is, is that a British thing? Cause, I don't know. I mean, I'm it's not part so. of is it is this part of British culture? I I lived in England like when I was like a baby, so I don't I re really remember any of it. But it seems like Britain, particularly, they're yeah, really amped up before a lift. I didn't make that connection till right now, but you're one hundred percent right, man. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, I'll throw a couple of female lifters out there as well. Leah Bavois. She's way too strong. Um, <laughs> I don't know how she does it. It's just, it's just like every time, every time she posts something, it's way stronger than what she uh, than than what she did previously. Uh, and like, also, I don't really understand how she squats with that stance and hits depth. That's always been a mystery to me. Um, but phenomenal lifter, um, and she she also just seems like a really happy person, which uh, which I appreciate as well. How about Jessica Bittner? I think she's the the female version of Russ. She's she's also got everything, and she's the perfect person to represent the sport uh, for women. Uh, this one actually you're not following, but it just kind of came out to my mind because I remember she just squatted uh, her world record squat for a double. I don't know if you follow her, Bonica Brown. Oh yeah, yeah. I. 
how 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 does she do that? Um, <laughs> okay, so in in time, like what I want to do, just because I I want to be able to say that I did what Ronnie Coleman did, is I want to squat eight hundred for a double as well. Um, and that's that's currently my squat PR as well. I don't like I don't know how long that's going to take. So like being able to do that is absolutely incredible. Here's one thing: it's got to be said. And I hope I don't lose fans by saying this or followers. I hate saying fans, but um, a little high on those double on that double by Ronnie. Is that <laughs> blasphemy? Is that blasphemy? <laughs> a little high. It was a little high. I don't know if you squat. If I mean, you squat yeah, oh, depth, yeah. You might do it. You might do it. I mean, if you if you're gonna say all of that, you could go. Okay, he was in raps and stuff like that. But okay, well, um, I, I, I heard recent. I heard recently that uh, Ronnie said that he he thought he could go for like six on that set. So he might have. I would have yeah. preferred to see a little deeper. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I, I, I'll leave it there. <laughs> Ryan's like, I would it, like it, to see him tested as well afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> test- <laughs> I got to go. Controversial statement. Might have been on something. <laughs> Might have been on something. That's controversial. Yeah, I was looking a bit vascular. Yeah, you look vascular. Uh, you want to throw out some more names? I got more. Go ahead, uh, Playboy. We didn't get how about up uh. Uh, Emil Norling. Chad. Oh, yeah. That's what. <laughs> he is the ultimate. That's it. Nothing he's just got giga Chad energy, like when he stands up with that deadlift. Also, like, he's got a massive deadlift, but he's not. Like, whenever I look at it, set up for a deadlift, it's like, that's a really wide grip. Like, he's yes. getting way lower than I think he could, but he still pulls it anyway. And then he's just smiling at the top. Like, like two weeks ago, that's the first time I saw myself deadlift without a mask. I can't pull that smile off. So, uh, absolute Chad energy. He is whatever is a Chad, and you're right about that grip. It's pretty wide. He's, yeah, he, he deadlifts like a like a freaking strongman deadlifts. Yeah, exactly. So, like, it's not. You look at his. De- you look at the number, and you go, "Okay, God, he's got to have some insane leverage." But then you watch him deadlift, like, okay, so it's not that. So, how's he doing it? Yeah, because he's a Chad. How about um, a lifter slash coach, Mike T from RTS? I I love his content. Uh, I love his content. Also, um, like as a lifter himself, like I don't think he is like pushes himself as a like he shows himself to the world as a lifter that much. Like I see, I see obviously see his training footage, but I mean even as a lifter, he's got some insane numbers. Um, but I, 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 I want to get to where he's at, where he doesn't have to like really show how strong of a lifter he, he is to kind of, um, prove himself as a coach. That's, that's where I want to be. So obviously he's a, then a, a role model that I look up to. Yeah. And he was a, a lifter on the platform. It was always calm as well. You don't see him getting all like yelling and aggressive and anything like that. Y- yeah. 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 So I, we, we share that cause I mean, I get angry but i don't yell for for your training do you follow rpes or percentage base uh it's it's a bit of both i think for top top end work it's more rp based because it really depends on how i'm feeling um for background work it's always really light like we'll we'll never go super heavy i'll never go super heavy on anything so then that's just percentage based because regardless of how I'm feeling that day, the percentages are, are low enough where it's not like where I'm not going to feel completely shit after afterwards. 
right. How about another lifter, coach, influencer? I don't know if you followed his videos or not. Johnny Candido. I mean, he's he's one of the the first people to really put powerlifting on the map, uh, both as an athlete and and, and coach um, with his YouTube channel. So uh, he's made like he's made a lot of progress for the sport as a whole, and he de deserves a bunch of credit for that. Um, and honestly, like. I, I don't really know because I'm living halfway across the world. I feel like people should still be giving him that credit and people should still be giving him more, more, more attention because he, he really was one of the first to do that. Like that's, he was one of the first names that I came across when I first started powerlifting. Cool. Last one I got Taylor Atwood. Great hair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like also like I, I, I at this point, I mean, I still think he's that 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 performance they put it was it's I guess it the the twenty twenty the eight third thirty eight I forgot 5. the exact number eight thirty eight point five yeah it's incredible um and it's insane to see to see someone do that uh so like on the tested side like I gotta say he's probably the still the, the greatest at this point well said listen man thank you for coming on the podcast we're running over two hours here playing the name yeah. game and dude 100 would love to have you back um you're doing an amazing job out there in south korea it, it's it's huge that they have you everything they're doing would have been fantastic anyways um the meat looks very well done the structure of the organization uh bringing in the youtuber to do you know the stream all of these well done but the fact that you happen to be there as well is needed you know you it's it cannot be underestimated how much like france has grown because penna leah turbo tiff like they have stars you need stars. Mm -hmm. You need people to look up to. You need stars. And um, so you're doing a great job, man. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, the door is always open. I would love to have you back again. And uh, we'll keep in touch. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks for having me. Do you want to thank anybody before we let you go? Uh, yes, I'll, I'll thank. Okay, I'll, I'll thank Dan, the, the state chair of USAPL Korea, uh, for basically giving me the opportunity to get to where I am right now. Um, my friend Julia, whose workspace I'm currently borrowing. Um, so all the champagne isn't mine. Um, and let's see, uh, I guess my sister Katie for probably being my, uh, greatest supporter. And then, um, the guy who owns the gym that I train at, uh, Till, he, uh, like he gives me a space to work out where I don't have to be distracted. Like it's a small space and, I, I need that as small and quiet. So, and he always helps me out with like soft tissue work as well. So I think I've been able to still stay healthy for a pretty long time because of him. So I want to thank him as well. Um, and then thanks to you guys for uh, having me on. You bet, man. All right. Until next time, everybody listening, whatever platform you're listening on, please do subscribe, give us high ratings, tag us in your stories. We will repost until next time. Six pack lap at, and we are out.